Welcome back to Brit David Podcast as Pastor Tim continues his message, My Church Family, from 2 John, verse 1 through 13. Accountability is important in the Christian life. A great place to foster accountability is within your church family. They can keep me from doing what I ought not to do, and they can keep me on the right track doing what I should. Everybody needs a church family. We encourage you, our faithful listeners, to find a church that you can call home with a group of people you can call your church family. Here's Pastor Tim. Let's keep going. Number, number three. My church family fosters for me a lifestyle of follow-through. Of follow-through. Of obedience. That's what he mentions to us in verse number 6. Notice what he says. This is love. Alright, so if you want to know what love is, you know, if, you're, if you're looking at that last one, you go, well, I'm not really sure I'm supposed to love, you know, at church. Well, this is love. That we walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment. That as you have heard from the beginning... You should walk in it, it being the commandment. Now, you know, a while ago we said (laughs) that word truth, he's really placing an emphasis on it because five times in four verses he uses it. Well, he's placing a big emphasis on commandment because in the last three verses now he's used it four times. This is the commandment. This is the commandment. This is the commandment. And he says this, walk according to His commandments. Live a lifestyle of obedience. Following through with the things that you've committed to do. Following through with the things that you say that you want to do. Following through with the things that you ought to do. Walking in obedience. If we all walked in obedience to Christ, if we all walked in righteousness, can you imagine how, how much better we would get along? Can you imagine how much better we would give testimony to our church and to our Lord out in our community? If we walked in obedience... And in righteousness. What might be the blessings of God on His church? Could that be what holds back revival? We continue to pray for that. But if we don't yield to Him, if we don't yield to Him in obedience... Is that revival going to come corporately to us? That then begins to make me ask ask the question of myself. Is it me? Is it me who stays the hand of revival? Is it me? Is it my disobedience? Is it my disloyalty to Him? Something that I've said, something that I've done, some attitude that I harbor in my heart. 
Sean this week mentioned to us in our prayer time about the city of AI. AI is a whole different thing these days, isn't it? There was a city that Joshua thought would be a pushover named AI. I mean, my goodness, that great big fortified city of Jericho walking around those walls for seven days and the whole thing just collapsed and they went in and conquered it just like that. This little town of AI is going to be nothing. Nothing. In fact, we're going to leave some of our best people here. We're going to let them rest. We're going to send the scrubs in. They're going to go in. They're going to take care of this little town. And they got it handed to them, didn't it? Do you remember this story? Joshua began to ask the question, God, why? Why were we not able to defeat this little group that we should have been able to defeat? God said, because there is sin in the camp, somebody was disobedient. That somebody finally got whittled all the way down to one man who heard the directions. When you go into Jericho, destroy everything. Don't keep anything for yourself. Boy, some of that stuff was nice, you know? And so he took it, and while nobody was looking, dug a hole in the bottom of his tent and buried it and covered it up with a rug. Nobody's going to miss that. Nobody's going to see it. Same kind of thing that many of us say to ourselves in the midst of sin when we're convicted of it by the Holy Spirit. So no, nobody... Nobody knows. Nobody, nobody's going to find that out. You know what the truth of the matter is? Is that they may not. They may not. You may take that secret to your grave. But Jesus knows. He knows. And if you think that His hand of blessing is going to continue to rest on you while you hide your sin that you keep hidden from everybody else, I'm afraid the story of AI tells me that you're mistaken. We are to walk in truth. We're to walk in love. We are to walk according to His commandments and obedience. And because of those directions that come from God's Word, my church family then rallies towards me to help me to live that way. To live in faithfulness because of the truth. To live in fondness because of the love. To live in follow-through because of obedience. And then there's one more. In fact, this is the heart of the letter. Number four, my church family fosters a lifestyle of finding out. <laughs> finding out. Not just of accountability. That may happen or that may not, but I mean you finding out. Let me show you what I mean. 
Pick it up in verse number 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves. By the way, this is number one of two imperatives that you're going to find in this passage. Look to yourselves, he says. Look to yourselves. Watch out. Be alert. Be on the lookout for what is coming. What is coming? That we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him. That's your second of two imperatives. Do not Receive him into your house, nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister, in other words, the members of my church family, greet you. Amen. What's he talking about in these passages? What's he talking about, about finding out? He's talking about discernment. Discernment. Yes, I'm to walk in truth. Yes, I'm to walk in love. Yes, I'm to walk in obedience. But I'm also supposed to walk in discernment. And it is discernment that allows me to use those two imperatives. Look out for yourselves. Look to yourselves and do not receive falsehood. It helps me to use those two imperatives to use discernment, listen to me, in the other three areas that he has already mentioned. You simply are taking this issue of discernment out of the second half of the book and applying them to the, to the categories of the first half of the book. What, what, what does that mean? It means, <laughs> if, you want to, if you want to divide it down, you divide it like this, be discerning of the truth. Be discerning of the truth. He says in verse number 7, there are many deceivers that have gone out from you. In fact, John will say later, he says, there are people who went out from us, but they weren't of us. In other words, they never shared our beliefs. They never shared who we are as a church. And yet they went out and tried to represent us somewhere else. They went out from us, but they're not of us. There are many deceivers. Notice how important it is when he says to look to yourselves. So that you don't lose what you've already worked for. What what does that mean? What what does a church work for? A church works for God's glory. A church works in missions and ministry. That people will be saved. That people will be 
sanctified and discipled and growing. What happens when I begin to receive untruth? The glory of God doesn't rest. Missions either goes away or becomes a humanitarian effort. Ministry is just about the collection of members and then counting the collection. There's got to be more to church than that. So be discerning of the truth. Be discerning of the things that get preached in this pulpit. You have the Word of God. You can go back and say, is Tim telling me the truth or not? And if not, then somebody else needs to be telling it. If I transgress, and I don't abide in the doctrine of Christ, what's he talking about? He's talking about the truth, right? If I don't allow that truth to abide in me, then what's the, what's the result? It just shows that I'm not His. I am not His. So be discerning when it comes to the truth. Be discerning of the things that are taught. Be discerning of the things that you hear. Number two, be discerning of your love. He says to walk in love. All right? Be discerning of that. What does that mean? It means that I ain't singing kumbaya with just anybody. Right? What's he say? If anyone, in verse 10, if anyone comes to you and they don't bring this doctrine, if anybody comes to you and they don't abide in truth, don't receive him into your house or greet him. If he greets him, shares in his evil deeds. I can be friendly to a person outside of the truth. But I can't bring them in close. There's never going to be the same kind of relationship. And I have to be careful that I demonstrate love and that I maintain truth. Dana and I have somebody very dear to us who's a homosexual and has lived that life thoroughly for years and for years and for years. We love her. I would do anything for her. Except bend to the truth. She knows exactly where we are with what we believe. She knows thoroughly what the Bible has to say. And even choosing that lifestyle, we still choose to demonstrate love to her without trying to receive her lifestyle as truth. Does that make sense? 
Is that hard? You better believe it. So you need discernment. Where does that come from? Discernment does not come from common sense. It doesn't. Common sense is earthly. It's sensual. It is sensational. It is soulish. Even a lost person can have common sense. No, discernment comes from the Spirit of God who takes up residence inside of your heart of whose mind you are to be. I'm to make sure that all of my thoughts and all of my direction come from Him and flow through Him. He'll help you to love in truth. There's one more though, isn't it? He says, be discerning of your obedience. The same way. I mean, really that whole passage, that is what he's talking about. We get to verse number 12, he says, you know what? I got more than this I need to say to you. <laughs> there, there are more specific areas that we need to talk about. In all likelihood, that's not just true for them, that's true for you. We probably not hit on, <clears throat> on the things that, that are difficult for you to walk in obedience. But there's probably something, isn't there? Something that you struggle with. There's something that we all struggle with. Do you want to try to handle that on your own? Or would you like to have a church family to help you through that? That's part of what we're here for. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment. There's some of you who need a church home. I think everybody needs a church home. A place where you belong. A place where you can be yourself and yet continue to grow. I'm not saying Britt David is the place. Maybe, maybe it's not. God knows that, and you can ask Him about that. But I don't know of any other place I'd rather be than right here. I want to encourage you, if you're looking for a church home, to make this your church home, to make us your church family. For those of you who are a part of our church, how's your walk? Walking in truth, walking in love, walking in obedience, walking in discernment. Are you doing those things? If not, then maybe you need to get some things right with the Lord, with your church, with your pastor, with one another. There's no better time to do that than right now. Maybe there's just an area that you're struggling with. And you just want somebody to pray with you. You want to be reminded that you're not in this all by yourself. I'll pray with you. 
I bet if you tap the person right next to you and say, hey, I'm going to the altar, will you come with me? bet you they'll go. And I bet you they'll pray with you. It may simply come down to the point that you need to be saved. That you need Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. We can help you with that today if you want to. Let's do this as we pray. Pray pray a prayer like this. Dear Lord, what do you want me to do right now? Just ask Him. He knows. I believe that He'll speak in the quietness of the moment, in the solitude of your own heart. And we'll tell you what you should do. To which I would say, walk in obedience and just do it. Jesus, bless these moments and every person in this room. Thank you for my church family. I pray that you bless them with your spirit right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.